0: On this episode of This is Game Boy, let's get dangerous, but not like too dangerous because we might get hurt and that, that's never a good idea.
1: everyone to episode 13 of Darkwing Duck. I am Baltic Gaming and with me as always I have Mullah. Good after whatever. Morning. It's
0: 9:15 a.m. Yeah. yeah, for me it's afternoon, but for whoever's <laughs> listening uh might be some
1: other time. <laughs> um so yeah, before we dive into this game, it's uh it's our one, I guess, one year anniversary of This is Game Boy. Uh,
0: yeah, I think so, because I'm not exactly sure. Uh, this episode will come out in, well, for us in three weeks, which would mean the day of Tiny 10.9, uh, which is uh, the, the 25th of May. Um, and as far as I could see, our very first episode got released the first week of June. Um, but yeah, we do one of these each month a full episode at least so and this is episode 13 so that would mean technically at least that this would be our one-year anniversary
1: yeah imagine we've been doing this for a year yeah crazy that's two idiots talking on the internet Mm -hmm. all right and people listening to it (laughs) people listen to it the things you could do on the internet nowadays (laughs) (laughs) so uh yeah what have you been up to
0: Mm, well I haven't been doing much lately, um, when it comes to gaming because um I was gone for a week, basically, so so I didn't really play much. Um but I did pick up Moonlighter for Switch, which is a shop um, shop-owning simulator slash roguelite dungeon crawling game. Um it's a pretty interesting premise, but um, like I played through basically half the game because it actually does have a, an ending. It, it it's not like a, a t- well you can keep playing it if you want to, but uh, it does have like an actual ending to it. Um, and I made it to like the second boss, which is like the halfway point, I suppose. Uh, I, there's probably like a penultimate boss after the four quote unquote. Uh, dungeons that there are in this game um i enjoy it for a bit but it does get very boring for me at least um opening the shop is pretty cool but you're not really doing much like you just find out what the prices are you put those things in your shop you have to refill the shelves sort of speak and then people come and buy it and then you can buy better armor to get through the dungeons better and things like that um weirdly enough um it actually does get hard for the wrong reasons um i'm very much struggling to to get through the second dungeon in that game uh even though i have the best armor i can have up until this point because you need like um enemy drops from the third dungeon to get better armor and so forth um so i'm kind of stuck on a wall that I I just get hurt too much and I can't just make it to the end. And I kind of like put it on the, on the back shelf now. I, I don't want to continue it at this point. So um, yeah, so that game is over for me for now, but I might get back to it because it's one of those games like Binding of Isaac or Enter the Gungeon where you just uh, get in the flow of things and then you play it for a while and then you put it back down again. So um, it's not going anywhere. So I didn't... I, I didn't uninstall it or anything. It's, I just do not want to play it right now. Um, when I got back from my quote-unquote vacation, I did uh, do one day of portable pleasure streaming. So that's uh, my Game Boy System challenge. And I did four games. Two of them um, you suggested I play, uh, which is NBA all
1: stars. All Star Challenge? Yeah. yeah, man. One and two. All those games are so good.
0: Um well they're games for sure. Um <laughs> you can you can definitely play them. Um there's not much to it. It's one on one basketball with the NBA All-Stars. I only know three people who are in that game. The rest of those people have never heard of in my life because like I'm definitely not interested in basketball or anything. Um it's not much of a game, like you can dribble and you can score and it's actually pretty much all. I mean, that's
1: basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much.
0: So, but it's not a bad game or anything, but it it doesn't offer much. And one and two are literally the same game, but with other graph, well, different graphics. Um, I think it even has the entire same people in them. (laughs) Maybe one slightly different, slightly Slightly different. different. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think they do have stats though. Um, Like, a lot of them are, like, better at shooting three-pointers than than just um, dunking it in the the basket. So, uh, there might be some difference between players, but it's hardly noticeable. Uh, I play tournament mode, which is... You basically have to play all the matches yourself, and every time uh, one of the other players loses, he gets thrown out of the bracket, and then you have to play in the next bracket with the other guy it's kind of weird it yeah it it doesn't really have have any purpose um i think it would be more fun if you played it with more people but i'm not even sure if there's a two-player mode in this game so um yeah i moved on from that onto worms for game boy um i'm not sure why this game exists um it's awful yeah it's definitely not a good iteration of the worms series uh definitely not but the weirdest part about it is that it's actually not a single player game at all um there's like no missions um like in in the original game or anything because there's no ai you control everything in that game so it's more of a game you have to play with two people um passing no,
1: there's an ai
0: for me, there wasn't. I had to control everything.
1: For me, there was. Like you picked like tournament mode, and like there's there's an AI.
0: That is very weird because I chose all game modes, and every time I oh. had to do everything. <laughs> oh, um,
1: yeah, no, I, I played it. The AI cheated like hell. Huh. So
0: maybe I should uh, go back to that game then and check it out nah, again you're because, fine. yeah, it's not fun <laughs> at all. Like, um, it's just play a match and whoever wins wins. So there's not much more to it. Um, yeah, just play the PC version of that game, even though it hasn't aged that well. At least not the first one. I think the second one still holds up pretty well, or Armageddon, even. Like, uh, I liked Armageddon yeah. a lot, but uh, but yeah, the Game Boy version just stay the hell away from it because yeah yeah i mean it works i mean it it has everything a worms game
1: you keep it in europe we don't want it over here
0: yeah no it's it's yeah it's a very strange one uh and the last one i played was uh, called collection pocket um which i checked out because um as you all know by now we're like setting up like a database of all Game Boy games and things like that. And Collection Pocket was one of the the games that I had on my list that I thought was a collection of other games released on Game Boy, like Konami Collection or uh, the Namco Bandai Collections. But this one actually is just a, a series of 10 mini games, basically. Um, but half of them are pretty much the same game. Like there's two racing uh like like tiger handheld racing games where you just dodge left and right. Um but they're both the same. One you're on a bike and one you're on a car in a car. So <laughs> I don't know what the difference is between those. Um the other there's I think two shoot 'em ups, which are not the same, but they kinda are similar. Like whatever. Um then there's a poker game, there's a blackjack game, like the the usual Japanese uh bullshit games that i call them like there there's so many of them um there are then there it, yeah then there's like a slots game and then there's a slots game which also is kind of a shooter game it, uh, it just watch my video of it cuz I, I can't really explain how that one works you have to shoot something to stop the 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 wheel from spinning and you have to make uh, well three in a row i guess um and and then you hurt the the little guy. It's it's very weird. Uh, and then the most interesting thing about <laughs> <on> it, <laughs> it just has a random number picker for bingo. Uh, <laughs> so what I did was, yeah, I had no idea what was going on. So I was just, what is this thing doing? And just to make sure that nothing would happen after a while we just sat through on my stream we just sat through the entire thing of it picking all 76 numbers of bingo until the end and that's just it it doesn't do anything else than that but it was uh, it was pretty funny that's,
1: so that's that. fantastic
0: yeah it, it was great like all of it's in the video so you can enjoy that as well uh but yeah i was just sitting here the thing is you i couldn't even just let it run because i had to press a after every number it's picked, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it was a it was a thing but yeah that that's uh all i played for Game Boy at least um now i've been playing resident evil 4 hd on playstation 4 um it's still holds up well as a great resident evil game but um for me i enjoyed the the games before it a little bit better because this one is a little bit too actiony i guess um i think they did it really well in the remake of resident evil 2 where it's still survival horror where this one is more of like um yeah shoot everything that you see uh not as bad as resident evil 5 of course but yeah it's a great game but i for me it's definitely not the best resident evil game but it's it's up there for sure um like we're not gonna talk about six or whatever which which everybody hates or that yeah the first person shooter (laughs) like those are not great games but they're still enjoyable at some level but yeah resident evil 4 great game um happy to be playing it again because it's been since the release of the original that I have played it. So, um, and then the last one, um, I finally got dragon Mart for that. The physical, uh, edition that came out in Europe, which has all the DLC and yeah, I don't know what else it has, like some free items you can use it's Like the season pass. Yeah. Yeah. So it has everything. It's, it's the full edition. Um, so I've been playing that a little bit just to get familiar with how it works. Um because we are gonna play this tonight uh in co-op mode. And I'm probably gonna be really, really bad at it because I'm not good at co-op games or even uh yeah, like how would you call this uh uh quote unquote MMORPG kind
1: like of. It's like a two D monster hunter.
0: Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, so it's a fun game, but I'm really not good at it, and it's really hard as well. Like, there, there, it's it's not a joke game. Um, you do have to know what you're doing. There are tough parts. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much all I've been playing. Uh, besides that, I've been watching tv mostly i watched a few movies like the resident evil animated movies Um, i finally finished californication after all this time Um, i had two seasons to to still get through i saw spider-man into the spider-verse which is probably the best spider-man movie ever made Um, also one of the most funny movies i've seen in like over ten years, um, I loved it so much that I bought it on Blu-ray, which is something that never happens. I never buy uh, movies, at least on Blu-ray. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been doing. Uh, what have you been up to?
1: I played all three Assassin's Creed Chronicle games. Those were something else. So the Chronicle games, I believe, came out for PSP originally, and they made the uh, just a collection of them for Xbox, PlayStation. And yeah, they'll probably come out on Switch. Everything comes out on Switch now. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: Didn't they come out for mobile? Uh, well, there origin? is a mobile
1: game, yeah. That's oh, very, also... very, very similar to this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, fun game. Very different than your typical Assassin's Creed game for sure. Like it's not the third person run and jump over rooftops and all that other happiness. It's a uh, it's a pretty comic style art. It's a comic art style. And it's a 2.5D platformer, essentially. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting. China was the best one. Russia was the worst one. Uh, Russia was the hardest one as well, too. Uh, but they they weren't bad. You could get the collection for like twenty bucks. I think it's it's well worth playing through. They're they're not bad games. They're only like four or five hours long. Um, aside that, I played. I did some Game Boy Adventure for Game Boy's thirtieth birthday. Um I played Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That game is a game. I actually it's not that bad. It's just one of those where the hell do I go games. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's not bad. I'd rather play that than the NES version for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um I did NBA All-Star Challenge one and two. The fun part about NBA All-Star Challenge 2 is that on the cover it says with more with better graphics. And then the only graphics that changed between the two is the backboard. Um, <laughs> so definitely had better graphics, <laughs> nah. but the the player sprites were the same. Pretty much everything was the same. Uh, different. They had a different lineup of all stars. Uh, yeah, they had stats, but it really did not matter at all. So, um, what else did I play? I oh I checked it I checked out NBA Live ninety six, and oh boy, is that a game!
0: Whew. I can imagine something.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's equivalent to Atari twenty six hundred. It's okay. It's great. Um, yeah, can't wait to play that. Um. Outside of that, Dragon Marked for Death. I've been playing Dragon Mark for Death for a week now. I've owned the game for like a month, but I've been playing it for the past week because so I've been waiting for Mo. And I got tired <laughs> of waiting. And I got tired of waiting. <laughs> so I hit like level twenty already in the game. Um, fun game, challenging, but very fun. Uh, it, it's it's very much like a two D Monster Hunter where you kill you kill enemies, you get like their loot and after a while, you can exchange that loot for weapons and whatnot. But um, I, I, I've been I played a lot of it solo, and then I played a f- I played a lot of it co op as well with uh, Mr. True Shade, who him and I are, have been in the Kirby community for since I started speedrunning. Um, and then setting up Virtual Boy that was that's been an adventure in itself. Let me tell you what. So. I'm uh, rebooting my Virtual Boy Console Challenge. System Challenge? System Challenge. It's not a console, let's just be fair. Um, <laughs> rebooting my Virtual Boy System Challenge. Um, so I, I finally found... A, and I want to do it all on original hardware. So I finally found um, a Virtual Boy... And I I had to fix it. I had to throw the ribbons in the oven to melt the glue. I I had to do a lot of repairs to it. But I I did get it up and running. And uh, it took me forever to figure out how to capture video. Like, I knew you could stick a camera in the lens. But um, FearTech made a virtual tap mod where you can um, push it out to RGB, VGA, and I think one other thing, HDMI maybe and uh however they don't make that mod anymore so i had Mm -hmm. to resort to other measures and i found a camcorder a pretty old camcorder with an hdmi output and i just took a tripod from somewhere and get it all set up so hopefully and then yes last night on stream i made uh i made the layout for the challenge so Hopefully, within the next couple months, we'll be starting that back up and getting that rolling. So, I can't wait to play Virtual Boy on actual Virtual Boy. But, uh, yeah, outside of that, I have some TV. I've been watching a lot of GTA RP on Twitch because I think it's hilarious. Um, I finished the Trailer Park Boys cartoons uh, series season. you want I call <laughs> okay. it? It's... Uh, it's weird. It's real weird. <laughs> um, I've never seen that show, so I Oh not really? oh, know you would probably You'd like it. It's really dumb. You'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, outside of that, that's about all I've been doing. Trying to help out with some of the database stuff whenever they need my help with it, basically. But it seems like Legs and Moe have um on lockdown pretty much at this point. So I'm just waiting to start the programming bits of that.
0: Yeah, I think uh, our part is mostly done at this point uh, for that database. Um, All that's left is scanning my cards and and taking pictures of the boards, which is going to take quite a while still because I'm still only have done like 30 of them out of 350. So um, yeah, that's going to take a while. But yeah, basically Lex has a found all the information she can up to this point and is now, uh, ingesting it into the database, I guess it's called, um, and setting up like a form submission website thingy so that other people can like help out with uh, the information that's missing. Uh, so yeah, the next step is, is gonna be like actually making the new GB runners website, I guess. So, um, I'm, I'm like not doing that much anymore at this point either so i always ask can i help with something but there's not that much i can like
1: uh really do so oh so yeah uh mo this was your your choice what is this episode about today
0: yeah, this, uh, this episode is about one of uh, probably the best Game Boy games there is, um, definitely one of the best Capcom Game Boy games there is, um, called Darkwing Duck. Oh, so
1: not Little Mermaid. So definitely not Little Mermaid. <laughs> oh man, Darkwing Duck. Wow. I, I, never, I honestly would have never thought we would do Darkwing Duck, at least this early in the podcast.
0: <laughs> no maybe yeah i didn't know what to pick else uh, like yeah i thought it was a good time maybe also with the anniversary that we do a quote-unquote more popular game for game Boy for once so um, yeah and then this is one we actually can talk a lot about a speed runoff <laughs> uh, which is something you it's almost true. never hear because i actually know my stuff so yeah get hyped for that right after this short break
1: back, everyone. I uh, hope you enjoyed Bushroo's theme song there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess before we super dive into the game, we should probably talk about the origin of Darkwing. Uh, mm. I, I remember growing up with a cartoon, uh, and I, it was one of my favorite cartoons next to Turtles and probably Sonic. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Uh, I remember waking up for Saturday Saturday morning or Sunday morning, I can't remember that part of it, but waking up for weekend morning cartoons and uh, popping on at Disney, you had DuckTales, you had Darkwing Duck, you had Chippendale, you had all those great ones, but Darkwing Duck just had like a, a form of just like violence to it, which you, don't, you really don't get on Disney nowadays, <laughs> so let's just be mm-hmm. fair, so... Um, I know. Obviously, this game was in America. Uh, I'm I'm assuming the popularity of this game carried over to Europe as well, or cartoon rather.
0: The cartoon, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, um, like most people know, except for maybe younger listeners. Um, there was something called a Disney Afternoon back in the day, uh, which was basically um an hour or half an hour. I think it was an hour. Um, right after. Most people got home from, uh, from school where they would um, show some cartoons from Disney. And of course, like you already said, we had DuckTales and we got Dale, And then we also got Darkwing Duck after a while. And then I think a few years later, it was Aladdin and Goof Troop and things like that. So that was always really something to look forward to when you got home, at least... In Europe, it was every day on TV during the week. I don't know how that was in in America. Um, And yeah, Saturday mornings, there were also cartoons. Uh, Mostly not these ones. Uh, For us, there were different ones, like um, Kenshin. Rurouni Kenshin was one of them. Which is weird that they aired that, actually. uh, Because that's one one bloody um, anime, if you've never seen that before. Uh, And also very political, to be fair. But yeah. Um this this was part of uh, that afternoon block at least after school. Um as far as I could see it it ran from nineteen ninety one to nineteen ninety two, which is not that long, uh to be fair. And it had basically three seasons. Uh first season having like 65 episodes and the subsequent seasons only having having like 13 episodes. So I'm not sure how the season works. (laughs) I wanted to say how the seasoning works, (laughs) but uh, that's probably for a recipe for making Darkwing Duck. Um, But yeah, um, so it it had like a 100 episode run in total, um, which is kind of low, I feel like, because this was a very, very popular cartoon, but apparently it's just got scrapped after a while, and I'm not sure why.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, one one thing, I I don't know. Some people think that Dark Dark means a spinoff too of what Ducktales, like the old Ducktales show from the 80s. And I I don't think it's a spinoff at all because I don't remember. I don't remember a. Young Duck in Ducktales, outside of the three neph the the two nephews and the niece and Scrooge. Like I don't I don't recall much of anything Ducktales relating to Darkwing Duck at all, aside from the, them being ducks. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, It's uh, most people get confused by that because a lot of the characters that are actually in DuckTales also make an appearance in Darkwing Duck. Like Launchpad is basically also the pilot of uh, of Darkwing Duck. Um, Magicka is in it as well as one of the uh, villains. Uh, sometimes um, Scrooge even makes an appearance here and there and also the nephews make an appearance here and there but um, they're not really tied together in any um, shape it's just like a little cameo Actually, that shows up, besides Launchpad, because he's a very important character in Darkwing Duck, of course. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it has literally nothing to do with each other. And even the creator, Ted Stones, stated in 2016 that basically they are in different universes, kind of like you can... Um, like imagine uh Amazing Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man being in two different universes. Um so they have nothing to do with each other, but they might like intertwine during some points.
1: It's huh. a good comparison between Spider-Man. I didn't even think of that, that, that comparison at all. That's good.
0: Yeah, thank you, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse <laughs> again for
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go see that movie, it's great. It is a very good movie. Um but yeah, again, before we dive into the games, like, we had comics that came out for Darkwing Duck 2. Like, um, we were talking a little bit before, before the podcast, before we started recording about the comics. <clears throat> and that, um, I think there's like, what, three iterations of the comics now at this point? You had like the original Disney one, you had the Joe Books one, and then you had the IDW one, um... I only knew of two of the three. I didn't know. Of, I didn't. I only thought there were two. I didn't realize there were three until Mo told me. But like those books are expensive. Like that, the original Disney one is like a hundred and twenty dollars.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, sadly, they started making these comics uh, during the downfall of Disney comics. Um, so in the 80s or even earlier, they already started making like uh, the DuckTales comics. And like, uh, at least we had that. I'm not sure if that was a thing in America, but we had like a weekly magazine. Called Donald Duck, uh, which featured like comics of all the Disney characters back then from uh, from the Disney afternoon cartoons. So you always had a DuckTales uh, comic in it, you had a Donald Duck comic in it, you had um, um, what's the rabbit call again from that very racist movie? <laughs> I keep forgetting it. Is it what? just Brother Rabbit or something? Um, but you you had a oh, lot I know of those. Who you're
1: about now. yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the name. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's like Brother Rabbit, yeah.
0: I think it's Brother Rabbit, yeah. But you had like those comics uh, tied in into a weekly magazine with a lot of ads, of course, for all Disney products. Um, so that was pretty popular from like in the 80s until the start of uh, the 90s. But then suddenly people weren't interested anymore because those comics were a little bit too childlike. I would say, um, compared to some of the episodes that were airing on TV. So, um, that led to the downfall and because they started making Darkwing Duck right around that time, um, it, it just didn't last long and, um, they had to cancel it. So,
1: yeah, I mean, they were originally going to do four episodes or four issues rather of the Darkwing comic, but they, they, afterwards they, kept going i think they made up to like 16, 16 volumes of the dark duck comic <laughs> so yeah interesting. yeah and yeah
0: they tried to revive it two times after that but only a few uh, issues appeared even though they were pretty well drawn and then like very dark comics uh definitely for disney Yeah, IP, I would say, I guess. Um, They were pretty dark. Uh, I also remember, and I'm not sure what it was called, um, but it was also when I was like 12 years old or 10 years old or something. They made a new Donald Duck. Uh, comic book uh, set in the future um, him still living in the the, the duck tower <laughs> I don't know what Scrooge's tower is called uh, but was set in the future and he was a superhero um, and those are also pretty dark comics actually so a lot of deaths and things like that so they, they tried to go a little bit darker but again yeah people did not like that for their character so um, those things also got cancelled pretty fast
1: yeah, I don't recall having, like, a Donald Duck magazine. Like, a, something like that in America. I do recall having magazines having comics in them. Like, mm-hmm. like Nintendo Power having, like, the, the Zelda comic and stuff like that in it. Like, I, I do know we had magazines that did that. Um, but I don't... I can't recall a magazine that was just comics like that at all. Yeah,
0: maybe it was just a European thing. It, it might only have come out in... uh in uh, the Netherlands and Belgium and Luxembourg, for all I know, because yeah, they were they were pretty yeah. Yeah, I, Dutch, I remember.
1: <laughs> I guess I remember there being racks like you had. You had like the you had like the normal magazine rack on the wall, and at the very very bottom on the floor, basically, was all of your gaming magazines because in the nineties, like. No, no one gamed really, right? Like you, you played, you played Nintendo casually, you played Super Nintendo casually, you played Game Boy casually. Like it wasn't, there was no esports back then, mm-hmm. right? So, and people deemed video games a waste of time, waste of space, waste of money, whatever. Um, so it was always at the very bottom. But I, I could always, re- I always remembered, excuse me, that there is. There was like at least three comic book spinning racks next to the magazine racks, so like you would always have you know the latest. You would always have the most recent comic, and then last volumes comic in this rack as well too. And I definitely remember seeing a couple of Disney comics in there, probably Ducktales if I remember correctly. Um, and I, I know I've read a Darkwing Duck comic way back in the day too. But yeah, I mean, I remember all of that. I mean, that's basically not not existent now, but I do remember how the magazines were, were portrayed. You had the adult ones at the top and the worthless ones at the bottom. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Huh. I wish we had a magazine that was nothing but comics.
0: <laughs> we have a we have quite a few of those actually. Um they're always to um, print like one or two pages from an upcoming comic like the the market in Belgium at least has been a lot different than it has been in America um, like I'm just gonna go with with any superhero comic right here um, if it gets produced in America it's it's one of those floppy magazine comics I would say like um, quickly printed with a lot of ads in it and stuff like that and after a some time after a bunch of volumes have actually been uh, been written, they make a, a hardcover of it or, or like a trade paperback, I think it's called, um, which is a collection of those comics. And that is an actual book you can get without all the ads in it. Um, for Belgium, it's completely the different way, actually. Um, we just make hardcover copies of a story which which has all of it in it Um, and sometimes there are indeed some of those magazines that come out weekly that print or one or two pages in it just to promote the actual release of the comic so it's it's kind of different also um a lot of american comics have like separate how would you call it like iterations of it like i'm gonna go back to spider-man because that's the one i know the most of you had amazing spider-man you wow, had spectacular spider so many series yeah. you have like one shots you have uh, all those things um i would say five years ago that did not exist in Belgium at all you just had your line of comics which is just always the comic of that person or, or that character, and that's it. But uh, since like five years ago, they have been doing like um, guests, guest artists that make one shots and things like that. So that's becoming a lot more popular here as well. Um, but that's something that didn't exist a few years back. So it's a, it's a completely different market, but it's changing a lot now.
1: Our comics here are very weird because like, I've, I've been reading comics since I was five years old. Um, and like, so I so like, I have some comics from 80s or late 80, late 80s, early 90s. And I, I found a couple of recent, I found like a couple of green, I found a couple of green lantern ones. And, uh, I read through them. and I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And then, yeah, yeah, like halfway through the comic, you'd have like one full page of like and it, either cigarettes, because that's how it was back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. or, you know, candy, a toy, you know, something along the lines, right, um, and then it'd just be the rest of the comic, and then, recently, I started, I started, uh, collecting the Thanos series, the, the, the new one that came out with, uh, this past month, and there's, there's ads, but the ads are, like, on the ends now, so, like, either, like, right at the beginning or right at the end, um, And after a while, like you said, we'll print, like, a volume, like, a volume one. Like, if it's a big series, like The Walking Dead, for example. Um, The Walking Dead uh, graphic novels. If, you know, we'll have volume one, which is, like, one through ten, basically, and it's a hardcover. Then you have, like, the super deluxe edition or whatever it is. It's, like, volumes, like, one through fifty or whatever. And the book is so big, it's, like, a tome. Uh, it <laughs> weighs weighs a billion pounds. Um, but then, like we we have mangas here or mangas, however you want to pronounce it in America as well too. And uh, they don't have any advertising in them at all. So like I I like I'm reading through the Zelda mangas right now, um, and there's no advertising in them whatsoever. I've read through some of the Full Metal Alchemist ones. There's no advertising. So it's just really it's interesting on how comics are portrayed in America and depending on the type of comic is really dependent on what you're going to get. Like there's just no consistency between them at all. So.
0: Yeah. It makes sense though. Like why it gets printed that way originally in America, because like they produce, if you just take one series, it produces mainly one of them each week uh pretty much or in the older days it was one each month it's like but one now a mo- it's, it's like one yeah, a month yeah no, but now it's it's almost one a week um it's like two or three releases per month so you need advertisers of course to <laughs> yeah. pay everybody to make that work so that's normal and then you just combine them into one book afterwards so um here it's kind of the same for some magazines like there's still the the Spearoo magazine is still going on um I, that might actually be the only one that's still going on <laughs> but yeah the, those uh, portray some pages of like the the french comics of belgium um before they get released so it works in the same matter um but um the, the main line that everybody buys are just the comics that come out uh, eventually and they get released like once every 3 months if even so uh oh, for wow. Spirou, for example is my favorite uh, comic book series um like it existed since the the 80s even longer before that um but there only has been um 55 volumes of it so um they did take a hiatus for over 10 years though but uh but yeah it, it gets released like maybe Three times a year that there's a new one. So,
1: huh? Yeah, it, but we have so many series going on. I think right now there's two Spider-Man series happening right now. I think there's three Batman series happening right now. It, it's really hard to keep up with. But like finding comic books in stores now, it's it's actually really hard because everything's going digital. Mm-hmm. Um. Like when I bought Spider Man for PS4, it was like, hey, here's a free month of Mar- Marvel comic books online. Ooh. It's like, it's like, ah, uh, I'm like, cool, but uh, I'd rather just hold a comic book, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, uh, comic books are now starting to get hit with the digital age, and it's, it's almost sad to see it go because I, I like holding It's, there's just something to holding a comic book and like, laying down on the couch or laying in bed and reading it like it's just something nostalgic to it for me i guess but
0: yeah for me it's the same like i do remember when i still had a subscription to amazing spider-man which is already seven years ago probably um that's when you got the actual um comic Every one of them came with a code to get the free download for the digital yep. version though. I don't know if they still do that, but that's that's at least pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, even strategy guys do that now. Like I'm I'm a I'm a big, big collector of strategy guys. Fun fact that no one ever knows about. I have like every Zelda strategy guide on demand. And uh, the newer ones that you get from Prima, they give you a code tell you to download or to see the to have the digital edition basically it's like a giant pdf mm-hmm. so it's it's way of the future yay yay <laughs> oh yeah we're talking about video games too aren't we oh yeah we gotta do oh, yeah. that, yeah, gotta do this, that. Is a, this is yeah. definitely
0: a video game podcast <laughs> Usually only around the 40-minute mark, we actually start talking about video games.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Darkwing Duck. Yeah, going back to Darkwing Duck now. Um, Came out in 1993 by Capcom. uh, Published by Capcom and Sunsoft. Fun fact about that is that... I don't know if this is true for NES, but for Game Boy... You could have two different labels for Darkwing Duck. One that says Capcom and one that says Sunsoft. Yeah,
0: and in Europe there are even more covers oh, really? than that. Because uh, some of them have an extra like logo printed on them. Some of them don't. It, it, I don't know even why it's on there or not. Uh, but yeah. Um, the thing is with a lot of... Well, a lot. like There's like... I found a list, at least, um, of a... Quite a few Game Boy games that just get re released after a while. Um, So that's why there's Sunsoft versions of it, because they re released the game. Um, There's plenty others that, uh, yeah, that have that. Um, Why? No idea. Maybe because Capcom wasn't interested anymore in reprinting it or something. Uh, But yeah, Sunsoft has done a lot of them, actually. releases of games Um, and there's it's not like player's choice editions or anything it's it's literally just a a reprint of the game
1: yeah a straight up reprint of of it all like like look at legend of zelda for nes like you have the gold cart and you have the gray cart the the gray cart was the re-release of the game basically Mm -hmm. Uh, just things like that i always find it interesting to see that like because i have a lot of cards that that are I considered dupes, but they had different labels on them. And I have the two Darkwing Duck cards with Capcom and Sunsoft on it, so... Mm-hmm. I didn't realize they made... Or they had more in Europe. That's That blows my mind.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's just one other variation, but it has, like, a little logo on it. I'm not sure even what it is, but... Um... I, th- I think it's a French version of the game, if I remember correctly. Which is not in French, by the way. It's just uh, the one that got printed in France.
1: Uh, but it's just in English. Huh. We're not going to go on that tangent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've already been on a long one. Uh, so yeah, Composer. We actually, have, we actually have a Composer for this game.
0: Yeah, with information on the Composer. Which yeah. is... Uh, Which is very rare, but yeah, all the music in this game was composed by Yasuaki Fujita, also known as Bun-Bun.
1: Bun-Bun. Yeah, he was a game composer, a video game composer, and sound designer for, uh, mostly with Capcom, I believe. Uh, I know he did Mega Man 3 uh, music, because Snake Man is 10 out of 10, best Mega Man song in the world um, <laughs> I know he did Little Mermaid obviously Darkwing Duck uh, according to your notes here he did Breath of Fire I, I've never played Breath of Fire so I don't know what that game actually is about I don't I don't think I've ever watched anyone play Breath of Fire um,
0: yeah it doesn't get played that much but yeah it's it's an RPG oh wow <laughs> I think the best known of it is Breath of Fire 3 I guess They're fun. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, they're great. Can always check those out. They're not on game boy though. So
1: I could, I couldn't find this. I I did. I tried looking a little bit, but I couldn't find any of like his current, current works. Like, is he just out of the industry now or?
0: Yeah, I think he doesn't uh, do much anymore. It's mostly been on, on older series. Like, um, the list that i saw didn't include any modern games at all um he was also one of the the keyboard is that a word keyboard players keyboardists okay sure I guess keyboardist, I'm, I'm yeah keyboardist yeah sure um but yeah he was uh he was the keyboardist for the capcom house band alf lila um, but they disbanded in the late 1990s, so they don't uh, actually are around anymore, but they actually had an in-house band. And um, you might very much know his uh, work because he created that little jingle that played at least back in the day when the Capcom logo showed up. So like that uh, you
1: heard.
0: Yeah, something like that. So that's actually his work.
1: Yeah, you hear it a lot in the you hear it in every Capcom, but you you if you heard it you'd understand, you'd be like, Oh that's from Mega Man Seven, Mega Man X, Mega Man whatever. Yeah, yeah. Y- if you heard it you would you would know it for sure. Uh we did a really good job, you know, voicing it ten out of ten on our part. Definitely. Uh- yeah. <laughs>
0: Sounded exactly one hundred percent like it.
1: Um it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, plot, uh, too long, don't read, Steelbeak is out to attack St. Canard.
0: Yeah, and, and that's, that's pretty much it. Darkwing, <laughs>
1: Darkwing's gotta stop him.
0: Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's... Th- that is that's literally the plot of the That's, the, of sh- the, that's
1: the short and narrow of it all right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I mean, if you want to get, like, real deep into the lore, uh... You have bushroot, uh wolf duck, which we'll get into later. Um um mega me- megavolt liquidator uh uh, uh <laughs> Quacker Quackerjack Quackerjack uh,
0: Mollyari
1: and a steel beak. I'm missing one. Vegan. No, that's all of them. That's okay. uh yeah, I couldn't. I, couldn't, sti- I couldn't remember the Joker duck. I was like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah, it's Quacker, the <laughs>
0: Quacker Jack. Uh, but yeah, um, Steelbeak is uh, the head of an is organiz- organization called Fowl uh, because he's a he's a chicken. Well, he's, he's not a, a ch- he's, he's a, rooster. a rooster. He's a rooster, so of course he <laughs> he has an organization called <laughs> Fowl, uh, which stands for Finnish Organization for World's Large. Larceny.
1: larceny yeah,
0: Larsen. Oh, Larsen. Wait, isn't larceny spelled differently though?
1: Maybe, but it's larceny.
0: Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what it stands for. Um. So yeah, they're trying to take over Saint Canard, which is French for duck.
1: I guess. Oh, I, I didn't know <laughs> that. Yeah I, don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know French. Yeah, so. that's
0: French for for duck for sure, or another type of. Huh. Fine thing that we eat. Um, and yeah, uh, Darkwing Duck has to stop them, and he works for the organization called Shush, um, which is also an acronym, but um, because they're so shush, nobody actually knows what shush stands for.
1: Nope.
0: True fact. True,
1: True fact. fact.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a plot. That's There's yeah, not much more to it.
1: Pretty straightforward um, mm-hmm. gameplay, though. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll actually talk about this because even though the gameplay is pretty simple, there's actually a, a decent amount to it. Uh, you can definitely tell that Capcom took the, took the success of Mega Man and put it into Darkwing Duck. Um, it is a pretty typical platform shooter, uh, skinned after Darkwing Duck. So you'll have, you'll see very, very similar sprites and some very unsimilar sprites, um, The game has a special weapon energy called gas. Um, So if you can think back to Mega Man, even, uh, you have weapon energy for your specialty weapons, right? Your Seeking Snake, your Gemini Laser, your whatever. Um, Same concept with the gas. Uh, It caps up to 99. And there are a few special weapons throughout the game. You have the arrow, which... I believe does the most damage in the game and it creates a temporary platform that you can stand on and hang on. Mm -hmm. Um, you have, I call it the drop spark. I don't know exactly what it was called, but basically (laughs) you shoot shoot this like heavy spark that hits the ground and breaks into two and goes across horizontally across the plane. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's kind of useless, but it's good against megavolt. Um, and then you have like this lightning bolt shot which you shoot and it goes into it it cones in front of you, but like not in the middle. It just shoots one lightning bolt uh up angled and down angled. Uh it's it's actually a pretty useless weapon in my opinion. Yeah. Um I don't I couldn't think of any more. Like I knew those three off the top of my head. I don't think there was more, were there?
0: No, that's uh, literally it. You have uh arrow gas, heavy gas, and lightning gas that's all there is um also you can only have one of them on you um at the time so it's not like Mega Man when you defeat the boss that you get his power up or something um literally these things are spread throughout the stage as a container and you can pick up whichever uh, you want or need Uh, mostly want Uh, you don't ever (laughs) really need them um, unless you're playing it blind and you're just playing it casually and you want to get like extra lives or find extra bonus rooms and things like that but otherwise you pretty much will not use them at all um the heavy gas isn't that useless though um like for casual play um it's actually very useful for some of the tougher enemies you have to hit more than once um the way the heavy gas works is that the moment you shoot it the Big ball that comes out does damage, but uh, when it touches the ground and splits up, it does damage again. So you can use it to your advantage to like to hit bigger guys um, that you usually have to shoot right, like yep. six times with your normal gun. So that's, that's pretty much the best use of it. Uh, the arrow does do the most damage, but it's more like a... Um, like the mega man items or or like gary in in dr wily's revenge where it's mostly used as a tool to get to other places you normally wouldn't be able to reach um but it yeah we'll talk about that thing later as well and then there's that electrical thingy that is it's awful actually useless except for one uh one time but I'll get back do that later as well during uh the speed run section
1: yeah um so yeah the game consists of oh i forgot one enemy the uh the idiot with the with the wrenches
0: yeah Moliarty. i i oh, you that are, you said that okay. while
1: you were saying it yeah oh i probably didn't hear you yeah idiot wrench guy um <laughs> yeah so the game consists of seven stages um you're only presented three at a time which I find kind of interesting. You can choose between the three. Any any of them that you want to do. Um, and then yeah. Once you go and you just do your normal stage things. Uh, it's your typical hold right. And jump over pits. And climb or fall down. Whichever whichever the case may be. Uh, the boss encounters are really. F- I find the boss encounters be pretty fun. Because each each boss is pretty unique. Uh, you have wolf duck. Uh who is the scrawny little duck until the moon comes out. And when the moon is full, turns into werewolf duck and throws crates at you. Uh, and then turns back into scrawny little duck again. That's when you can hit him. Cause once it's werewolf duck, you can't hurt it at all. Hmm. Um, and then you have Megavolt, which he's kind of, it's kind of a boring fight uh, where he just like walks across the bottom and shoots a lightning bolt up at your last last known location uh it's a pretty basic fight i believe he jumps up to your platforms as well too if i remember correctly
0: yeah he goes from left to right in the stage and there's like two platforms on each side he jumps up to if you're in front of him he just shoots in front of him um to hit you if you're on the other side of the room, it shoots upwards and then it uh, drops from the ceiling um, wherever you're standing. Uh, there's also like a lightning bolt at the bottom of the stage which you have
1: to dodge if if you stay oh, yeah, there. If you but go down you there. you should yeah. never go there. Nope. Basically, no. Nope. You have Quacker Jack. He's kind of a Quacker Jack's the second worst in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> there's like there's two levels that to the to the to the fight or two planes Right, you have an upper plane and a bottom plane and typically quacker jack is at the bottom plane and you have to basically shoot Quackerjack, jump up and quickly fall back down because if dw goes to the top plane quacker jack will just jump up there and stay up there until you fall down then quacker jack will fall down all while you have this little duck thing at the top dropping stuff on top of you so
0: yeah
1: um kind of a pain to do that's when uh heavy gas comes in comes in handy for that fight Definitely. Um, and then you have you have liquidator which was if you guys don't remember from the cartoon was the the sewer dog basically um it uh, has a little mound thing that, like, float like, waves through the water. So, you, you know where it's going to be at. You know where it's going to come up. And you you shoot it. You know, he pops out of the water, hands up in the air, and then, like, some fish come up. You shoot him while he's out of the water in his normal dog stance and dodge the fish as they get thrown at you. Um, Bushroot. <sighs> <laughs> what a boss fight Bushroot is. Um... Bushroot has two planes again as well, I believe, uh, a top and a bottom plane, and Bushroot runs left and right, similar to Quacker Jack. However, on both sides of the screen, or no, if, when you shoot Bushroot, Bushroot would jump on either the left or right side of the screen. I don't know if it's predictable or not. I I don't. Well, yeah, I'll let Mo discuss that. And then he commands his flowers to throw. Three or four balls at you and you have to try and dodge them And some of those balls are quite difficult to dodge And the fact that every time you hit Bushroot he goes to jump on top of the flowers means you don't get to hit him a whole lot of times so That fight is almost like an endurance round for that fight mm-hmm. Um and then you have molarity Which is a pretty easy cheese fight. Honestly, you uh, there are three three machines with flashing bulbs in them and if you shoot out a bulb molarity will run to that and repair it and the the machines with the flashing bulbs also shoot balls or fireballs at you one of the two uh and molarity will throw wrenches at you as well but molarity is um vulnerable more vulnerable uh when you break a machine so you can actually cheese that fight pretty hard um then you guys, Steelbeak. Steelbeak's a pretty interesting fight. Uh, I would say the opening to that fight is the hardest part of the fight, um, because you need to shoot down this door uh, in front of Steelbeak to basically activate his trap card. Uh, all while trying to, all while you have to shoot down or dodge. Uh, two flying enemies coming at you from the top of the screen and you're already at the top of the screen trying to shoot this door down So you don't have a lot of time to react. You, you got do some fancy jump in between some hanging hanging objects um, And then once steel beak is down uh, He will either run across and if you get on the floor, he'll pick you know, he'll pick up a a steel plate and throw it at you and then but if you try to shoot him with a steel plate, your bullets will bounce off. So you have to shoot him when he doesn't have the steel plate in his hand. Uh, then yeah, that I mean that's all the bosses right there. I, I think all the bosses are actually a pretty unique, unique uh, thing in, in in this game. I, I like all of them.
0: <clears throat> yeah, there. Are, you can see that that they definitely look to Mega Man how that game worked and uh, went with with that actually with that same kind of a feel to it. Um, I'm not sure. Um, wait, this was 93. So yeah. Mega Man five that's already come out. I believe. Um, yeah. So yeah. yeah, the, the, a lot of the Mega Man bosses, um, are basically nothing if you have their weakness. So you never actually see how they, how their pattern works. Um, but yeah, they are also always very interesting boss designs. But yeah, for this game, as there are no real weaknesses per se, um, you get to see everything that they actually programmed them to do. So it's uh, pretty cool to see how they react to everything you actually throw at them. Um, and that's what makes them them unique as well. And Steelbeak, you can just compare to Wily, basically, where first he's uh, in a big robot um, that you have to destroy and then he comes out. Uh, for Wily, is usually in his uh, little saucer, but Steelbeak just literally himself comes out of his uh, protective barrier, so it's a two-stage fight, which makes it a little bit harder. Like, in Mega Man, you, both of them are separate fights, in this one it's just one fight. Uh, luckily, there is a uh, full heal after you destroyed the protective barrier that you can pick up to heal yourself,
1: so... Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, that's probably one thing to touch on too. Like you have four hit points basically, so if you yeah. get hit four times, you're dead. Um there are continues, but I want to say the continues are limited. Uh, nah
0: it's it's unlimited. It's oh, just it? like any, okay. yeah, it's just like any Mega Man game. You can just play it as long as you want.
1: Um and the one ups are adorable Darkwing duck dolls that drop off enemies or just randomly in the stages. And you can get one ups via points as well too, when you collect the Gold and jewels and stuff like that that drop off enemies. So, yeah, there's I think
0: each 10,000 points you get, you get
1: an extra life as yes, well. Something like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, this is um, not the easiest game blind, I would say. Um, like, it, no, it's, it's, it's tough. It's yeah. easier than Mega Man for sure, um, but there are some very tough stages and, and very. Tough boss fights. If you do not know what you're doing, so For it sure. could take you a while to get through it. But once you know the game, it's actually really easy to uh, to play through it pretty fast. Like definitely in less than half an hour.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Blind Darkwing Duck took me 20 minutes. The NES version takes me about a half hour.
0: So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, definitely not a long game if you know it. Like, if you haven't played it before, it might take yeah. you from like an hour and a half to two hours just to get familiar with it. Um, but it's,
1: it shouldn't be more than that. Yeah. Um, something I do appreciate about the art. I looked at the European box too and it looked pretty much the same. Uh, mm-hmm. Something I can appreciate about the art is that they kept it true to the Darkwing Duck cartoon.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much a A screenshot from the cartoon, you would say. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing more to it. It's just Darkwing Duck on his bike together with Launchpad in it. And they're crossing the... I don't know what the bridge is called, but that's actually where his uh, base is. Like If you ever watch the cartoon, he drives up one of the... What are those called... Thingies that hold up the, the parts of the bridge, uh, those oh, like railings, the cables and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so he rides uh, his bike up one of those and then he drops down at the top of one of the towers, and, and that's where his base is. So, um, yeah, they're shooting away from that with a very, very nice uh, full moon in the background So, with a starry night. It, it, it just really looks like it's a cartoon, which is great.
1: Yeah, I'm really, really happy they they stuck to that because like there are some some of them that they just. Lion King, for example, like the Lion King cover art is just dumb. Um, yeah, you know, it doesn't even have yeah. anything to do with the Lion King on it. So. Um, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's a difference, of course, between um, most of the. Disney games on NES were all made by Capcom. Um, only a few of them were actually made on Game Boy by Capcom. Like if you go into the era of Lion King and Pocahontas and things like that those were all made by Virgin which is uh, not a great company <laughs> at all. So I'm not sure why they cut ties with Capcom uh, but we could have had like five more years of amazing Disney Capcom games but yeah that uh, that stopped Pretty much after Darkwing Duck, I would say.
1: Yeah, I would say Darkwing Duck was probably the last one for Game Boy mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Huh. You know who doesn't appear in the game, though. I mean, there's a lot of people, I guess, that don't appear in the game. But, yeah. Uh, N- uh, Niga Duck doesn't appear in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Nega Duck is one of the most important adversaries yeah. that uh, that Darkwing Duck has. I would say. Uh, there are a lot more, like, um, besides the ones that show up in, in the game, um, but but Negadug is one of his most fought adversaries, and it's basically him, but uh,
1: the bat, him. Oh. He, rele- he releases the enemies from the jail, like, gotta stop him before he can stop anyone.
0: <laughs> does he?
1: Yeah, in, in the comics he does, yeah.
0: Oh, in the comics he does, yeah. Yeah,
1: I don't know about the cartoon, it's been a long time since I watched the cartoon. But in the yeah, comics, I no idea. in the comics, he releases all of the enemies from from prison. Oh, yeah,
0: there we go. yeah. If, <laughs> for people who actually do not know Darkwing Duck, it's pretty much Batman, but more A comical. <laughs> yeah, like the the rest is pretty much completely the same as Batman. So,
1: and then Wolf Duck is not in the cartoon
0: nope or in any other sort of media so not in a comics either right
1: yeah but he's in the video game (laughs) yeah yeah it was
0: made specifically for this game oh that's pretty cool that they actually made an original character which actually stands out quite a bit because it's a pretty cool design of a.
1: it's a fun fight
0: yeah and it's weird that they didn't use him in in the later comics actually because would have been an interesting character to go with and then uh yeah the the other re- tri- they have the
1: remake <laughs> and whatnot
0: yeah um yeah well i'll 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 go over the other what the hell is happening with my mouse here right, um i'll go. go over uh the other trivia like um in the video game itself um It's stated that all the villains are working for Foul, but actually uh, Megavolt, Bushroot, Liquidator, Quackerjack, and Moliardi are never actually agents of Foul uh, in the TV series or in the comics. So it's kind of weird that they made the story like that, but I guess it just would fit because Steelbeak is uh, like the biggest bad guy in the entire Darkwing Duck universe, so they all just made him made the other ones work for him but actually he uses a completely different set of uh of villains but they are not portrayed in the game at all so uh that's an interesting little trivia thingy um but yeah in 2018 um they were actually remake. well, they tried remaking the game. Um, they, the people of Headcanon were trying to do that. And for people who do not know who Headcanon is, that's the people who helped make Sonic Mania. So, um, yeah, it's pretty big. Um, and they actually made a demo, which is free to download. Um, they actually put it on the internet like a few months ago Um, so you can download it for free Uh, they gave it to capcom but uh, capcom just rejected it completely so that's sad because we could have seen a new darkwing duck game after all this time
1: do you think capcom may reconsider semi-soon with them re-releasing a bunch of really old games like they just came out with resident evil 2 remake right and they yeah. had Resident Evil 1 remake a few years back. Like um there. I'm
0: yeah, I'm not sure like they did release the Disney Afternoon collection. Right. Yeah. Um which was great um which had Darkwing Duck on it, right? Uh, the NES version. I think so. Yeah, so maybe but like yeah, Capcom has been a weird company. They're actually starting to <laughs> to do what they have to do back again um, after quite a while. So maybe they would reconsider it if there's enough, uh, enough, enough tweets words, or right? something for it. Uh, but that would be cool because I haven't played the demo yet, but I watched it and it looks uh, pretty cool. Except maybe for the grappling hook, which is more of a Bionic Commando thing than... And then a Darkwing Ducket. Well, he has the grappling hook, I know,
1: actually. But and, I don't like but on a commando.
0: Yeah, so I don't know if they should use that, per se. Um, but yeah, otherwise, um, it could be cool to to get a revived game. Uh, for I the wonder Darkwing if out.
1: Capcom rejected it just because of licensing.
0: That is a possibility, of course, because I think they, they really need to have the approval of Disney as well, because it's still their IP, of right. course. Right.
1: And like if Di- like Darkwing Duck hasn't been around for 20 some years, you know, yeah. so it's like, is yeah. Disney going to like approve a license that it's been dormant for 20 some years? It's yeah, it's a mm-hmm. yeah, besides scenario.
0: the comic books, it has been, wait, I can't count. It has been 25 years, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. We're old. <laughs> That's really insane. Twenty-five years.
1: We're just old. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh reception of the game. People liked this game. Uh from what I found, people really enjoyed this game. Uh it stayed true for the most part to the Darkwing Duck cartoons and comics, so uh it was just like you were playing a dark Bean duck cartoon essentially but eight bit um, mm-hmm. yeah i couldn't find anything bad about the game at all so yeah everybody who plays it loves this game so yeah yep so yeah we're gonna take another short break when we come back uh surprisingly we haven't given you our thoughts and history with the game yet uh yeah. even though we've been talking like crazy uh so yeah when we come back from a short break we'll give you uh, thoughts history of the game speed running segment all the other all the happy stuff that you guys come to listen to Buddy? Uh, yeah. So thoughts and history. Um, we'll start with Mo because I know Mo has a lot of history with this game. So
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, back in the days when I was still a wee little lad. Wait, that's not how you say that. A young yeah. wee
1: lad. A wee a little, little wee, wee lad. Wee little lad. Well, wee okay. Lad. Well, yeah. wee lad,
0: wee lad, whatever. Um, I actually rented this game uh, in the in the video store. Um, So I Played it quite a few times because of that. I never actually owned a copy of it, but I did love this game, cause yeah, it's just a great game. I grew up with Mega Man games, so this was right up my alley. It was a little bit easier than a Mega Man game, so I could get through it uh, faster during like a weekend of renting this out. Um, years later, I actually did buy a copy of it on the flea market, um, but sadly later I found out that it was a fake card. Um, it, the the cover was a little bit too blurry to be a real card. So I opened it up and I saw, yeah, this is definitely not the original game. So uh, that was sad. But I just uh, ordered me an actual copy of it afterwards. Um, pricing wise, it's like a $10 game, maybe 15 at this point. So it's not that expensive. It's easy to find because uh, there have been so many releases of it. So um but yeah, I um, played it a bunch when I was a kid, and then when I started streaming and I started doing Game Boy games again, I replayed it and I loved it so much that I was like, hmm, maybe I should start speedrunning this game, uh, back in the days that I actually still <laughs> still uh, speedrun games on Game Boy, because um, I already did Mega Man, I did Felix the Cat on Game Boy. And then I picked this up, and I absolutely fell in love with the speedrun of this game, um, which I will be talking about during the speedrun section, of course, so I'm not going to dive into that one. But yeah, I've played this game for many, many, many hours so far. So, um, that's that's a little bit my history with the game.
1: So, yeah, I, my history... I owned the NES game. I still own the NES game from my childhood, Um so that was my exposure to Darkwing Duck game. I um, obviously watched the cartoon growing up. Um I knew a Game Boy version existed because I had a couple of friends with the Game Boy Darkwing Duck and I I had I did play it as a kid. Uh very 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 briefly though. Like it was just one of those like all we had uh, the 20-minute recess or whatever. You know, they tossed me their Game Boy, played it for a couple minutes and handed it back basically. Um I wouldn't really get to like really play it until Tiny Ten Number Two, uh, back in 2016, 2015, whatever year that was. Hmm. Um, and then again, I played it for Game Boy Adventure. Um, I I've actually played it seldomly here and there too between then because it's it is a fun game and it's short. Like it's just a quick short game to play to even casually. Uh, I have thought about speed running the NES version, not the Game Boy version. Um, that's because I I personally prefer the NES version because I like the colors. Um, but, <laughs> okay. But but both are really good games. Don't get me wrong. They're both very good games. I personally, for Darkwing Duck, I want to see the purple colors. So, um, that's just a me thing. Uh, outside of that, though, uh, love the cartoon, love the comics. It was just destiny that i would probably love the video game even though that is not true for a lot of things when it comes to old retro games. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh just doing a quick peek on ebay right now the game boy the game boy game is weird um the american darkwing duck cart is about 30 to 50 dollars oh wow the european darkwing duck cart is about 10 to 15 um, that is, strange. and they're most, and it's mostly the French code. So there must be a lot of French copies of Darkwing Duck out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the NES is uh, outstanding. Like the NES copy is like fifty bucks without the book and box. Like with the box, it's like over a hundred dollars. It's in- insane how expensive the NES version is right now. So. Um, definitely a game you want to probably keep on your watch list but uh, maybe not pull the trigger quite yet on so mm-hmm. um, oh, let's see what the, the European copy of Dark Duck, there's no reason not to honestly it's probably all in English in a way so
0: it is in English yeah I do yeah. own the European copy of it but I bought it for like five bucks so but that was years ago of course
1: Um. so <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing I'm on eBay right now, and they have Darkwing Duck Famicom games that are just clearly bootlegs, and they <laughs> look so funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that's my thoughts on the history of the game. I have a lot more history with the NES version than I do the Game Boy version. Um, I I love both almost equally. I just like the NES version a bit more because I like to see the colors in Darkwing in, in the Darkwing Duck game. Uh, Mega Man and stuff like that I can give I don't care about at all. Like this, give me the the green and I'm I'm good to go. But for some reason with Darkwing Duck, like I like to see the colors. I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Um, yeah. As for the speed section, this is all you, Mo. This is. Yeah, wow,
0: this is probably going to be the most detailed speedrunning section we've ever done. Uh, But yeah, mostly because I pretty much was the world record holder for this game for almost two years, I would say. Um, So I put a lot, a lot of time into this game. Uh, But anyways, when I wanted to pick it up for speedrunning, there was only one run of it. And um, surprisingly, it was actually done by Bangera on ESA, as far as I remember. Um, so he made the initial rounding for this game. Um, I don't remember exactly what his time is. I have the leaderboard here, and I see it's a um, 16 minute, 29 seconds record. But I do not remember if he picked the game back up after I started uh, running it, or that was his initial run. I see it was five years ago, so I would say it's, it's actually the run... Uh, that he did for, for ESA. So let's just go with, with that train of thought. So um, so he was the initial router. When I picked it up, one other person started running it called Harstock, um, who's Spanish, I believe. Yeah, Spain, yeah, I can see it right here. So he started playing that as well. Um, sadly, and, and this is not um, trying to put him on the, what is it called? <laughs> slashing bench, that's not the word I'm looking for. Like, um, Chopping block? Chopping block, there we go. That's what I was looking for. Um, He did kind of use the save state to load the game up every time. um, Which is kind of frowned upon a lot in the speedrun community and and unless it's stated somewhere that you can use that, but um, because of RNG manipulation, uh, we try to avoid doing that because uh, otherwise it's an unfair advantage. I'm I'm not sure actually in the Kirby speed run now it's um, it's there's, actually there's, counting frames or something. There's now? not a
1: rule in place yet. probably yeah. I don't I don't believe there's a rule in place yet. But with the new findings of RNG manipulation, it's probably going to be put in. Yeah, eventually. Um, or yeah. at least, you know, said, like, hey, you can't do this.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's a little history about that. So we did find out he was doing that, and, and we talked about it with him, and, and he uh, stopped doing that. But the problem is with this game that um, it was just a safe state after the initial um, startup of the game, because it's like a 10 to 20 second wait you have to do, because there's an unskippable... Cutscene at the start of the game. So it was kind of bothersome always having to wait for that uh, after every reset, which happens a lot in this game, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, he made a save state there. And, and yeah, but whatever, doesn't matter. He was a great runner. Um, him and I went uh, against each other for quite a while. And um, then he stopped playing the game, but Fleck Azar stepped in. Uh, Fleck Azar is an Argentinian runner. No, Honduras. Where's Honduras? Is that a country? I guess that's a country. It
1: it is a country. It is
0: a country. So, yeah, he's from Honduras. Uh, He stepped up to the plate. So, um, he improved some of the routing a lot um, in different parts of the game. Uh, So, I had to um, adjust my route to his and vice versa. Um, I did get a lot, a lot, a lot of help um, from PLD, which helped me basically set the best route for two years coming. Um, But yeah, me and Vlekazar were up against each other for quite a while. Um, I think we both tied at 14 minutes 51 seconds for quite a while. Um, So that was already an improvement of like a minute and a half over Ben old route. Um, But then um, both of our sum of bests were uh 14 minutes 40 seconds and I managed to get a 14 minutes 45 seconds and then Vlackazar gave up and moved on to other projects like Wario Land series and uh and the Zelda series. But yeah that was it for quite a while. Like nobody played it anymore. Um like I Didn't have to push myself to get a better time or anything, so uh, the world record just stood there for quite a while. Until, uh, I I guess it's pronounced Zimond, a Swedish runner. We all say Zimond, of course because uh, everybody just makes English words out of everything. Uh, but yeah, he's a Swedish speedrunner. Uh, he's the world record holder for Darkwing Duck on NES, even back then. Um, I know him and Andy Swee are constantly bopping heads for the world record in Darkwing Duck NES. Uh, but yeah, he stepped in and he made quite a few improvements, or not so much improvements but route changes completely to the game because he was so familiar with the nes version and uh he ended up having the world record which it now is 13 minutes and 57 seconds which is almost a minute better than what i had and um i was kind of out of the loop of speed running by then um i tried getting back into it but i, I just couldn't um yeah find motivation to keep uh keep plowing through the game uh so yeah that's that's where the record is right now that's all (laughs) so been two years ago um and there is still room for improvement so anybody who wants to pick it up uh, make sure you do so because this is a really really cool speed run for um a lot of different reasons um for any newcomer, I would suggest going with the old route. Um, the one that uh, me and PLD and are basically made. Um, and that is the so-called heavy gas route. Um, which starts with the Liquidator stage. And the reason for that is because Liquidator is one of the biggest RNG problems in the entire game. Um, the way Liquidator works is that he, at the start of... The boss fight, he goes down into the water. So you can't hit him. And he has different positions he can come out of. So um, what you want is that he pops up immediately. So you can use the arrow uh, gas on him. And you have to have at least 20 gas. Because you have to hit him 6 times. And then he's uh, he's dead. So the the if that fight goes the way it should work. Uh, it's a 5 second fight. So um, the problem is... Him appearing immediately above water again is, nah, pure RNG, so um, that's, that's a big problem. So that's why there's a lot of resets during this route in the initial stage, so uh, that's a problem. But after that, you just go to um, Wolf Duck, you go to Quacker Jack, you use the Heavy Gas on these bosses. Um, so you're done with using the Arrow until the very last stage which um, which is Steelbeak's uh, Floating Fortress, I think it's called, yeah, think so. um, where you switch back to the Arrow Gas, because, um, yeah, the Arrow Gas does the most damage out of everything. It does three um, instead of one or two. Um, so you'll want to use that on... Uh, On steel beak to take him out pretty quickly so that's the old route where you mostly rely on heavy gas Um, the good thing about the heavy gas is that it only uses two of your gas points to shoot it Um, and as i said before it basically uses a technique um, where you um, get as close as you can to the boss and you shoot it so the initial shot does damage and then the split also does damage to the boss. So you can take down most of the bosses pretty quickly. A very fun thing about the entire game, um, not depending on any of the the routes, not the old route or the new route is, that the RNG factors in a lot of what you can do. Um, Most of the game consists of damage boosting Um, so you do not have to deal with enemies at all. You just have to get through them as fast as you can because on set parts of the stages, there are always full health pickups, so you can just keep on going. Um, You do have to take out some enemies, and enemies can drop a variety of things. Nothing, which is bad. Um, They can drop gold or diamonds, which are just points, which is bad. Um, They can drop uh, small gas, which gives you... um, Three gas I think or even only one I I don't even remember or they can drop big gas which gives you 10 Um, and the last thing is health like uh, one health point or or like a full restore so depending on what you get from the enemies you do have to kill um, you might have a lot of gas that you can use to like shoot more uh arrows or heavy gas that you can use to take down enemies faster or you can get more health which you then can use to do more damage boosts which saves like it's always a very small uh, (laughs) thing you can save it's like half a second to a second maybe but Everything just depends on what enemies drop, which is really cool because you just need to know the levels, know what you can do with what you have so you can get through them as fast as possible. Um, with the old route, the heavy gas route, you are less dependent on big gas drops because uh, heavy gas just uses a lot less. Uh, but yeah, that, that, if you get stuck with not enough gas... You kind of have a problem. You always want to have 18 to 20 um, to have enough heavy gas to take down all of the bosses. So um, I'll jump into the new route now, which actually starts with Wolfduck. So that's the initial stage you're on when you start a game. Um, and for this boss, you again, of course, use the heavy gas because that's just the best thing you can use for him. Um, After that you go into Quacker Jack, which also uses the Heavy Gas, so the fights are pretty much the same between both routes, the old and the new route. Um, And after that you go to Liquidator, picking up the Arrow Gas and never dropping it again. So you will be using the Arrow Gas for all of the subsequent bosses you will come across. Um, But, like I said before, Arrow Gas uses a lot more Gas points, so it's... A lot, a lot more reliable on getting very good gas drops. So um, for newcomers, I would say learn the old route um, because the boss fights pretty much stay the same. Um, Even if you have an arrow gas or a heavy gas, doesn't matter. The the patterns uh, to take them out basically stay the same. Um, But just... Being able to know, like, oh, I got this drop, I can do this uh, throughout all the stages is very important. Not as much as important as precision platforming, (laughs) as I I could call it. Um, But yeah, if you just know how to adapt to certain situations in each stage, it's very easy to get through the old route and at least got that with you. And then when you really, really, really want to start grinding the game to get, like, yes, a sub my time i would say um then you can switch over to the newer route so you can uh adapt to using the arrow throughout most of the game um i would compare it to mega man 3 for example where uh gemini first was pretty much a staple for quite a while and then it stopped first and it just depends on what level of of skill you are at at the game to pick it up so um Old route is definitely worth looking into before immediately picking up the newer routes. Um, there's a few things you do have to uh, consider while playing this game. Um, there is a hanging mechanic in the game, uh, which you need to use to traverse through gaps or to get up to higher platforms. For some reason, sometimes you just literally fall off. It's so um, bad. Yeah, no idea why it is. Probably has to do with subpixels, as far as uh, we can tell, we never really figured that out. Uh, But yeah, it's pretty awful, especially the final stage, um, right before you go into the steel beak fight. There is um, a very easy-looking hanging platforming section, but sometimes you just completely miss hanging on one of them and you fall down into a pit which takes you back to the halfway point and you picked up all the health pickups through the stage. They don't reappear, so you're completely lost by that point. It's, it's just reset from there on out. Um, what you also do have to um, be sure of is that your sprite boxes and the platform boxes are way bigger than they appear to be. Um, for the hanging... Also, basically, you can pretty much hang on the very last pixel of everything. So you can jump further than you think you could. And you can also land on platforms way earlier than you think you could. So kind of play around with that to see like, hey, how does this work exactly? Um How much of my sprite of Darkwing Duck has to be on a platform to be able to stand on it? Um, Hint: it's almost nothing it's like the tip of your feet basically so um, yeah get familiar with that and um, yeah the last thing is the boss RNG for most of the bosses it's a pretty cut-and-dry fight Quackerjack always the same fight if you know what you're doing Moliardi always the same fight if you know what you're doing Um, same goes for Megavolt always the same thing the only real big problems are For starters, Liquidator, because you have no idea when he's going to pop up. The second problem is Bushroot. Um, There is a way to make sure he kind of always does the same thing he needs to do. Um, The problem is when he jumps out of the screen and he can land either left or right, That is completely RNG dependent. There's like no setup for that. Um, So you have to watch how that fight is being done. So you can do the most damage in the initial stage before he jumps up. And then hope that he lands on the right side. So you can take them down in what we call a one cycle. If he lands on the left side. There is also a way to damage him enough to take him down in one cycle. But it is a very, 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 very technical fight. Um i hate it everybody hates it like best music in the entire game for that stage but the stage itself is already a travesty to get to get through and then the boss fight is yeah it it makes you
1: one of my my favorite villains but man is that fight just atrocious even casually it's brutal
0: yeah it's it's just really not a fun uh Fun stage to to be in or a boss fight to be in Um, steel peak The initial start of the fight the first part is pretty much scripted. if you speed run it Um, Shouldn't be a problem unless one of those hanging things doesn't want to cooperate and you fall down Um, the second part should be scripted but depending on if you're one or two pixels too far to the left or too far to the right. His pattern doesn't change, but if you're too far away from him, he picks up the uh, save from the ground and starts throwing it at you, and you cannot damage him during that part. If you're close enough to him, he just starts walking from the left to the right, and you can keep on shooting. That's more of a thing that you have to get yourself familiar with, um, but it can still go wrong. Biggest thing is that you can maybe lose two seconds if, if it doesn't go the way it's supposed to work, but it's not that big of a deal. Bushroot is the biggest problem of this game. Besides Liquidator, which is... W- either you have to wait, or you can take him down immediately. It's it's just a matter of if the RNG wants to behave or
1: not. I mean, Liquidator sounds like the Poppy Bro fight in KDL within like the first 20 seconds of the game. It's like, well... I'm either going to lose four seconds, lose two seconds, or be able to go right away. So Mm -hmm. definitely,
0: yeah. And if you just start with this game and you do the old route, which starts with liquid air, don't worry about it if it doesn't give you the best pattern. Like you can always save the time (laughs) there (laughs) later if if you're getting better at the game. So um, after a while, if if you hit that like. I would say 15-minute mark of the speed run, you can start resetting constantly on Liquidator. Otherwise, just move on. And if you're doing the new route, it's the third stage, so it's it's even harder to just reset there. So, it's a, yeah, I would not really think about it. And Bushroot, you're gonna have fun with that guy. Nope. I think that's pretty much all I can say about this speedrun. I love speedrunning this game. Like, I've put so many hours into this game, um, more than any other game I ever speedrun. Um, if you want any help with it, let me know, let PLD know, let Bangera know. I'm not sure if Zymon still, still does a lot with this game. Probably not, but yeah, just reach on out. We can help you a lot with this and, uh, it would be nice to see more runners of this game. Cause yeah, again, it's been dead for two years now. So, um, get on it.
1: Yeah. I have watched a lot of Darkman Duck speedruns. Um, I've watched you do it. I, I've, I, I know I've watched Vlack. I've watched Simon. I watched, um, Infinite Mystery do it a few times. <laughs> I've watched ND do the NES version. I have watched Simon do the NES version. um, I've watched I I've watched a lot, uh, Yoka Mexican runner, you know all those guys. Uh, I've watched a lot of Dark Duck speed runs, and they're all they're very fun to watch, but they look very very technical. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, definitely to get a really good time, it's gonna start getting really technical. But initially, getting fast through the game is not that much of a big deal. So it's fun to to get into at least, and it's it's a little bit more. Um, how would I call it? Like, if Kirby is a baby speed run game to get into, this is more like the middle way, uh, like the middle.
1: Point.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's a bit tougher, but it's still pretty doable. And then after that, you get games like Wireless
1: Revenge, which are not easy. <laughs> at all Ma- so. Mega Man 3 Game Boy
0: or that's yeah so th- those are the harder ones this is like the in-between game that's uh that is a better step up from Kirby so
1: yeah yeah huh alright well when we come back we're gonna talk about some Game Boy community events coming up uh, some listener listener questions that we will answer and uh, you'll find out what the next episode is gonna be about stay tuned Welcome back, everybody. So uh, yeah, we got a few community events coming up. Um, we just got done with uh, Speedy Fists, uh, Pixel Pixels for Peace, Retro, RGL's Retrothon. Um, so we've we, we've definitely have entered marathon season uh, for speedrunning, uh, and there's plenty more events that I know I'm missing that I either a don't know about or just forgetting at this time and moment, uh. But pressing forward, we have uh, power up with pride, uh. Summer I call it the summer edition because they do it twice a year, uh. June seventh to June 9th, and submissions for that are currently closed. So, uh, fun fact: I submitted a lot of crazy games for that. Stay tuned oh, for. Boy. Stay tuned for goal school, because <laughs> I can't wait to relearn that game. <laughs> um. Then, obviously, we have summer games done quick in June 23rd to June 30th uh, in Bloomington, Minnesota. So, the same place as it was last year. And the only Game Boy game is Looney Tunes
0: mm-hmm.
1: by Winterbit. Yeah. So, I'll be there to support them while they play Looney Tunes, which is I don't like the game. I don't like how more fun. So, um, <laughs> But I'll, I'll be there to support the Game Boy Run. So, um, that's what I do best, so. Uh, then July 12th through July 14th, we have Handheld Heroes, which submissions close at the end of May. So when this episode comes out, you have like six days or whatever it is to get your game submitted in. And it can be anything handheld related from a Tiger Electronic device, Atari Lynx, Game Boy, Game Gear, Game.com, whatever it may be. Game Duck, I don't, I don't care as long as it's handheld. <laughs> Not the Switch, though, or the Virtual Boy. I fought for them, and then I failed both times. <laughs> um, and we have ESA Summer, uh, July 19th to July 28th. I don't know if the submissions are open or closed for ESA. I don't know how submissions work for ESA, so... No idea, either. I have no idea, but... I um, would no, say they are closed, yeah. I would say they were closed, yeah. So, check that out. Um, RPG Limit Break is... Already happening, so mm-hmm. by the time this episode comes out, it'll be a month over. So, and we yeah. had one, well, I mean, we technically, had two, but you know, we have one listener question, one listener question, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was from Granite Hero uh, Why does everyone think the NES version is the better version? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 it because it has color, okay. <laughs> Let's just fair; It has color, and the hanging sections don't suck as much.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, for me, and I have played both versions, um, for me, at least, the Game Boy version is better. Um, and not because I'm biased towards Game Boy. Um, that has nothing to do with it. Um, but f- especially because I already also speed ran the game in the past. Um, the stages are a little bit more... Um, contained than the NES versions even though the NES version uh, the world record is like 11 minutes and something so it's a shorter game basically for speed running mostly because the arrow gun is a lot stronger in that one because you can spam it um, but yeah for me the Game Boy version is better one because um, in the NES version when you shoot while you're jumping and you land you get stuck for like a brief moment so you cannot like just keep on going. So I think they kind of cleaned that up in the Game Boy port of this game. Um, and I already forgot the second thing I was going to say. So, <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, uh, Yeah. I don't remember. Maybe I'll, I'll think of it again in
1: a few bits. But. Both. Uh, b- we keep saying both versions. We keep forgetting that there's a Graphic 16 version of yeah, this game. No, but, no uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no. So both versions of this game. Uh both versions are are quite good games. Like, don't get me wrong, like they're both very good games. Me personally, I like this game in color more than just the green monochrome that it 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 gets put in for Game Boy. Um I do like the the compactness of the Game Boy levels a lot more than the NES version. But some of the things with the game some of the finicky things that the Game Boy version Frustrate me, such as the hanging and some of the extended platforms that you don't necessarily know are extended uh, is a bit better in the NES version. If it to me, the the level flow seems a bit better in the NES, to, just because of some of the grappling issues just aren't there. Um, but both are very good games, so don't take don't take away from any of them, so...
0: Yeah, uh, I remembered what the, what the second reason is. Um, it's the wharf stage, um, which is the stage where you fight Megavolt. In the NES version, oh, right. there is an enemy um, that is not present in the Game Boy version, which are these kind of flying squirrels that are really, really annoying to deal with. Um, oh, yeah. All the speedrunners of the NES version will agree with me. Um, yeah, those are... The worst part of the entire game, and they're not present in the Game version, which makes the wharf level not only casually a lot easier, but also for the speed run a lot easier. So, uh, yeah, that's the second reason why I like the Game version
1: uh, a little I better. I legit forgot about that enemy. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah, the thing is, like, in the in the NES version of the game, um, it's easier to jump over enemies, I must say. Like, uh, there's yeah. a lot of turtles in the game that uh, are really hard to take down. But It'll in work. the NES version, you can jump over them easily. In the Game Boy version, you can jump over them, but it's so super tight that, that we never do that. For example, the way we mostly deal with it in the Game Boy speedrun is by despawning them or just damage boosting through them completely. So. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then the TurboGrafx-16 is nothing like the NES or the Game Boy version. So I have yeah. fun with that. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I also don't think that everybody thinks the NES version is the better version. I think most people have only just played the NES version, yeah. which is yeah. mostly the problem when it comes to Game Boy games. So There, um, there yeah. is a
1: worse version, and it's called, it's called the TurboGrafx-16 <laughs> yeah. version. Yeah, um, which
0: is nothing
1: like the NES or Game Boy game. If you want, if you all want an experience, if you all want a Darkwing Duck experience, go ahead. But, uh, Mm um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say one is better than the other when it comes to NES and Game Boy. They both very much have their strong suits. Um, they both have their weaknesses. So yeah, I put them on par with each other.
0: Yeah, the NES version plays a little smoother. Like the Game Boy one is a little bit more slow uh, than the NES version. So it does
1: get laggy. Yeah, it's and like when, the you get, boss, when you get like three of those turtles on the screen.
0: Whew. Yeah, well, not a, not only like in terms of lag, but also the general running of the game is, is just a little bit yeah. faster. Um, it's also easier to take down bosses in the NES version because you can like spam that arrow. Um, so you can have two of them on screen at the same time oh no wait yeah you you can have two of them but the moment you shoot the second one the first one drops to the ground but its hitbox is still there so when you shoot the arrow in an enemy it basically keeps on doing damage while it's dropping that's why it's a lot easier to take down bosses in that game yeah
1: yeah so like yeah you you shoot the arrow and as it As it's about to hit the enemy or as it hits the enemy, you you press the shoot button again and it drops the arrow. And as it's dropping, it does damage to that enemy. So
0: Yeah, so that that makes boss fights better in the NES version for sure. And boss fights are also a little better because the playing area is a lot bigger. Like, um, I'll take Quacker Jack for an example. In the Game Boy version, you have two levels which are very constrained, um, whereas in the NES version, you have three levels you can like flip through and it's easier to dodge the little guy dropping bananas on your head. Um, Yeah, the same goes for Bushroot. Actually, in the Game Boy version, you have the bottom level and the top level, whereas in the NES version, you have three levels and you can position yourself better to to shoot at Bushroot, to actually hit him, uh, where in the Game Boy version, you cannot. Once he's up there, you basically cannot hit him anymore.
1: Good old Bushroot.
0: Yeah, he's always a problem.
1: No matter what version you play. Even in the TurboGrafx-16, he's a problem. <laughs> I'm not even sure if he's... Not that, that I would uh, ever have played that game. <laughs> uh... uh <laughs> So yeah, uh, pressing forward because we're not gonna talk about that. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, if you all have any thoughts or suggestions about this podcast, uh, please let us know. Uh, Let us know in comments on SoundCloud, uh, the Twitters, um, our Twitch channels, like mine and Mo's lakes Twitch channels, our Discord, uh, where you can find all of that stuff on gbrunners.com slash t-i-g-b uh, so that kind of just ties in where they can find us so uh, just a quick plug you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Belfit Gaming my YouTube still don't have enough subscribers because I haven't uploaded to it in like five months <laughs> uh, so that will eventually be Belfit but um, until then it's just some weird ID that you have to click in my profile to get to uh, where can I find you Mo?
0: Uh, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Uh, all slash Mula, which is M O E L L E U H. Because yeah, like I said before, I can't get it without
1: the U H. Then you can find our fantastic producer, who has been generous in helping us get these podcasts up on time. <laughs> and, Mostly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Sprinty Legs on Twitch. Uh, typically legs in Discord and legs on YouTube. So yeah, uh, yeah. again, you can find all that information on gbrunners dot com slash tigb. Uh, we do have a Patreon, um, I believe, at twenty dollars goal a month. Uh, Mo and I will start we'll start doing live streams of the podcast. So. Instead of hearing our voice, you'll be able to look at our faces as well. So you get to see me do really dumb things in the background while Mo is talking.
0: Yeah, maybe that's the reason why we still haven't reached that goal because nobody wants to see us.
1: Probably why. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Just if, if you if you do want to support us but do not want to see us, just uh, put it in the comment or something. Uh, please do not make live episode. Uh, so so then we know. Now we'll just make up a new goal or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll make yeah. We'll have someone make a comic version of us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Completely animated on the spot live while we're <laughs> Yeah, no, that's never coming. That happen. would be that would be
1: insane. <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> we're gonna be, awesome. be able
0: to do that for twenty dollars.
1: <laughs> that'd be awesome, but man, that'd be nuts. <laughs> uh yeah, so on the next episode of uh, this is Game Boy, Mo and I are gonna get toxic.
0: Ooh. Yeah. There's gonna
1: be a lot of bling sounds in that one. There are going to be a lot of bling sounds in that one. It's not, the, it's not the moles' fault they're blind. They don't know where they are.